Welcome to Whatcom New Life Assembly's Sermon of the Week, where, as always, it's all good news. For more info on how to get involved in our church or to partner with our ministry, please visit us at whatcomnewlifeassembly.org. This is the last Sunday in 2018. The last Sunday you'll ever have in 2018. Don't get scared, all right? 2019 is going to be even better, all right? If, if God... If God did good things in 2018, glory to glory says he's going to do even better in 2019. So, but we are going to end this year with some basic level 101 kindergarten Christianity truth. But it's a truth that, that the most advanced Christians get wrong and forget. And, and so we're going to start there. And we're going to start next year with some foundational truths. So just to get us in the right frame of mind, I thought I would start with some basic kindergarten jokes, all right? How does NASA organize a party? They plan it. Okay, it helps if you laugh, then everyone else will laugh too. Okay, we're just, we're just loosening things up here. Jerry, come on, I know you like, here we go. This one is for Bo Steele. Where are you at, Bo? How did the hipster burn his mouth? He ate pizza before it was cool. <laughs> okay, one more, and I promise we'll just move on. Um, unless you laugh really loud, then I'll, I'll, I got more where this came from. If you want to know who loves you more, stick your wife and your dog in the trunk. After an hour, whoever's happy to see you... <laughs> that was a joke, honey, and I love you. Don't stick your spouses in a trunk, folks. It's a good way to get in trouble. All right. So, just loosen up a little bit. We're going to get into the Word of God. We're getting into some basic truths here today. And I want to get down to the nitty-gritty, all right? Today is a literal foundation check. Okay, anyhow, if you're a homeowner, you, have, you understand this concept. If you've ever looked for a home, you can walk around, oh, this is a gorgeous home. I want to buy this home. And then the inspector comes in and they're like, this, this, and this is wrong. But here's the real problem. This foundation's falling apart. I can have all the bells and whistles, the giant hot tub, big screen TV, beautiful wallpaper or whatever you want in there. But if the foundation is cracked, you have serious issues, right? The house will inevitably, over the course of time, fall apart if the foundation is gone. You understand that? The foundation gives... Listen, beautiful homes are great, but if you're so concerned about the drapes and you're more concerned about the color of the paint on the walls than you are about the foundation underneath it, you're going to have a sore awakening one day. And more importantly, the house may may last through your lifetime, but you will have nothing to pass on to the generation to follow. Hey, I I spent my whole life beautifying this home. Here it is. Well, the foundation's all cracked and everything. I didn't ever bother upkeeping that and making sure that it wasn't leaking all that. But but here it is. Well, thanks a lot. There's nothing I can do with with a a house that's fallen over. And so how many people would just say, I would love, and this is more than just a house. I'm talking about spiritually. We're going to check our foundations. We're we're going to submit our foundations to the great building inspector and say, Father, am I building on a firm foundation? Or am I building on a cracky house, a cracky foundation? And so I'm raising a crack house here. 
Roofs are just as bad, all right? But we're, we're, we're called from glory to glory. Would you, who would say, I, would I want to leave a legacy past my lifetime? Something, I want my life to have an impact beyond the whatever 80 plus years that I happen to get here on planet Earth. Amen? Anybody with me? A leg, that's what a legacy is. A foundation, something that, that you have built that will actually last. Not just a flash pan that you tried to throw some things together and here it is, but you never bothered to really dig that foundation and hold it secure. And so what you've passed on is maybe just raw materials and you haven't given your, the generations to follow. I'm talking about your physical kids, but I'm talking about people that follow you spiritually as well. You, give, you have nothing, they have nothing to build on. How many people are like, I'd love to receive a legacy from the <laughs> Thank you. I got one honest person here. Listen, we'd all love to receive inheritance, right? But I'm telling you, if you don't pass on something on a good firm foundation, all you're giving them is a pile of rubble and saying, here, look what I've given you. Great. And also, how do you receive a foundation? How do I receive a legacy? I have to honor the legacy. I have to honor the people that came before me. My simple question, this is a side note, who are you honoring? Like, so what? Your parents have a trillion dollars and they're handing it to you. Yeah, well, they didn't give me... If you're not honoring them, all you're getting is raw material. Nothing that will, that, that will last. Just You're not getting building materials. What are you praying into? I think of the history of... of just, let's just take it really simply. This church, Walk of New Life Assembly. When I hear of things, of the, of the people who built this place, who, who poured their lives into it, my ears pop up. Because, because I'm here to tell you that there, was, there were people that came before us that poured their lives into something. And I can't receive any of, the, any of the blessing and the benefit for that if I'm not willing to honor what came before me. I, I think of uh, Marlene, Marlene Duke. She just passed away. She grew up in this church. We had her funeral here. Her father, I found out when I was, when I was talking to the family, he was part of building of this church. He buried his Bible in the corner of the foundation of this building. And, 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 and they, they told me of all oh, these great, great things that God did in here where people were filled with the Spirit, literally running around the building. And I'm like, and if I'm not willing to honor that, I don't get to receive the blessing of that. And all I'm taking is raw material when they, are, they intended to pass down something that will, that will last. The same goes true for you in your life. Who is it? What is the legacy that you want to grab onto and say, I want to build my life with this? Honor that. Honor it. It's not just about you. It's, it's about the synergy of the generations moving from glory to glory. We need to build something here individually and as a corporate body that we can pass on so they're better off than when we came. We want to see the kingdom of God expand, right? We want to leave a legacy there. And so we have to look at our foundations personally, as a church, and we better make sure they are sure and they are, that, that we, are, we are lining things up to that. Okay, this week I want to take a look at one of the most repeated phrases, concepts in the Bible. And this isn't one that you would think of. Well, you think it's, it's in the top ten. But you think of love, your name, you think of these ones. But here is the phrase that we're going to look at today. And I want to, I want to, it says this, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone or the capstone. 
You're like, well, that sure doesn't seem like something we talk about all that much. It seems a little obscure. But I'm telling you, it's one of the most repeated phrases in the New Testament and in the Old Testament. And, and I'll tell you, when, when God goes to the trouble of repeating himself, <laughs> it would behoove us to listen, right? You say amen to that? Jesus, we get this in Matthew 2, we get this in Mark 12, we get this in Luke 20, we get this, in, and then the Holy Spirit pours out, Jesus dies, rose, rose again, sends his Holy Spirit. Peter stands up and he, he, he throws this out there again. This is important. The stone that the builder rejected has become the cornerstone. And then again, when Peter writes to the, church, to the Christians scattered throughout the world, he writes it and says it again. So this is not just a flash pan phrase. This is a literal building inspection. This is a literal, this is important. The chief cornerstone. So today we are submitting ourselves, and I would encourage you, just let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Because if you're not willing to let him do remodeling on your foundation, anything else you're building is going to be garbage. And even if it's beautiful, and look at this wonderful tower I've created, if you're not willing to let him in, if you're not willing to let the chief architect say, hey, you know what, we need to fix this. And yeah, it's going to make this part of your life fall over for a while. But if we don't fix this, the rest doesn't even matter. When, I, when you buy a house, you really, I want to make sure I have really good, efficient, uh, forced air, whatever, heat in my home. Okay, well, that's nice, but if your foundation's garbage, it doesn't matter how, how beautiful the stove is you put in there, it's going to fall over. And there's not, we want to make, sure make sure we have the good stuff in there, but we want to make sure we submit to the building inspector. Can you say amen one more time? Okay. Some of us have been building wonderfully, wonderful things, but they're on shaky ground. And I just want us to start 2019 with a firm foundation, totally, totally set on Jesus Christ. So we're going to be honest with ourselves, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit speak to us, okay? I want you to be honest with yourself and honest with the Lord. So all of these references that I threw out there about the chief cornerstone, the, the, the capstone, they are all quoting Jesus, Peter. They are quoting from two different places in the Old Testament, both of which were prophetically pointing toward the Messiah. Okay? And I'm going to read them to you. So that you will, this, this, is, this is 101 level. Some of you probably are like, I already know all this stuff. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to teach you anyway, all right? So they're quoting, prophetically speaking of Jesus, from two sources, uh, and we'll read them both. The first one that we're going to read is Isaiah 28, 16. Isaiah is the book of prophecy. It's talking about, about the future, what God is going to do. And it says this, but the, uh, so this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I am placing a foundation stone in Zion, a firm, tested, precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. He who believes need never run away again. When, this was, when, when, when Isaiah prophesied this, when he spoke this, uh, th this was a, an interesting time in the history. Okay? There, was no, there was no Messiah come yet. They were, they were longing for the deliverance. They were longing for the Messiah. And yet here he is, Isaiah is speaking of faith. Up to this point, it was all about, I have to abide by the law, I have to follow every, everything. But here he says, if you believe, you will never run away. And pointing toward this thing, this person, the chief cornerstone, whom we know is Jesus Christ. 
That word cornerstone is the word in the Hebrew, penah, and it simply means cornerstone. I know, blow your mind, all right? Cornerstone, but I have to tell you what a cornerstone actually is. Because nowadays we've got laser levels, we, we create a foundation, we pour cement into it. Cement didn't exist back in these days, all right? So when I was building something, no matter what it was, I had to lay the cornerstone first. This is what I would do. The cornerstone was the most important stone in the building process. And what I would do, because I didn't have a laser level to shoot across and make sure it was all level, I made sure that that cornerstone was perfectly level. Because I can do that with the cornerstone. I make sure it's level. Not only that, the entire rest of the building answers to the cornerstone. So when I start building, if I find out, oh, well, this one's like this, I better change the cornerstone. No, you can't change the cornerstone. This thing here is off. I need to fix it and align it back to the cornerstone. The cornerstone, how it's laid, also determines where the building is going to go and, and the, the, the position it's going to face. This is what the cornerstone was. It was the most important thing. They would spend all, they would make sure this thing was square, it was true, it was straight, and everything else answered to the cornerstone, okay? That, the prophecy in Isaiah continues in verse 17, and he says this, I will take the line and plummet of justice to check the foundation wall you've built. He's talking to, he's talking to us. I'm going to check your foundation wall that you've built based on this cornerstone, and he says this, uh, it looks so fine, but it is so weak, a storm will knock it down. The enemy will come in like a flood and sweep it away, and you will be drowned. Whatever's going on in your life, if it isn't squared true to the chief cornerstone, it will, be, it will topple over. It will be destroyed. It, it can't stand. You see, many of us in our life, we, we compartmentalize God, maybe it's to Sundays, maybe it's to when I feel like it, maybe it's once, twice a year, whatever it is. We plumb the rest of our life, well, my job. I, I never even think about Jesus in relation to my job. I never even think about his, his calling on my life. I never even think about how he would have me handle my finances, how he would have me speak and interact and raise my children, how he would have me act and interact with my community around me, how he would act how he would have me watch entertainment. And I, I, so I square the rest of my life. I'm not squaring it to the cornerstone. I make decisions based on, oh, this seems to make the most sense right now. This seems to be perfect. Oh, it's all lining up. And I never check with the plumb line. Problem with that is you, you, you create this very shaky structure that's off kilter toward, toward the plumb line, towards the true cornerstone. And, and things may be going fine now, but when the, when the wind comes, when, when the storm comes, when the earthquake happens, and the storms in life, they do come. Anybody can, can tell you that who's lived more than 30 seconds on planet Earth. The storms come. And if there's something in your life that, it, that if it were taken away, would, oh God, I don't even know if you're real anymore. I lost my job. How could you do this to me? I don't even know if I don't even know if this is if you can possibly even be real. If this is all just made up. Well, that part of your life was never part of the chief cornerstone plumb line anyway. You're holding God hostage to your the, the angle of your foundation rather than the plumb line of the cornerstone. I should be able to come to you and take everything away from you. 
your wife, your husband, your kids, your job, your money, your health. And at the end of the day, you would stand on the cornerstone and say, even though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Don't get scared. I'm not taking anything from you, all right? That's not my job. And I don't come to steal, kill, and destroy. But the enemy does. And sure enough, there is an enemy who's trying to destroy your life. And though the, when the storms of life come, if I will not be, if there's something in my life that would leave me not saying, yet praise, even so, I praise the Lord, that thing is not plumb. That thing is a shaky foundation. And, 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 and you can't pass anything down beyond that. You think, oh, my, my, you, you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass down an inheritance for my kids. Let's just make it real simple. Money, I'm going to pass it down to them. Well, if your money is not submitted to the chief cornerstone, and if I were able to go drain your bank account, knock the stock market down, because at the end of the day we're trading beads, and you got nothing, and you would curse God, then that money means nothing to your kids. And it's a curse to them more than it would ever be a blessing. But if at the end of the day, I can say, you know what, even if you, I'm going to trust the Lord, I'm going to follow his principles, I'm going to hold it all like this, and, and what I have I will pass on, that's going to be a blessing. Sure, I may die and pass them down a million bucks, but that million bucks is not anything they can build on. It will be squandered by them because they haven't seen you operate in faith and kingdom and Jesus in that. That's what the plumb line is. Oh, God, I, I'm sick now. Oh, God, listen, God wants to heal you, all right? I'm a man of faith, and we, we pray for healing. But if your health makes you curse God because of a doctor's diagnosis, you've never submitted your physical well-being to him in the first place. And you can't pass down that kind of faith. That's not true. It's not a plumb line. We could go on and on. But that, that's the first thing. Jesus, when we, when we get that quotation, the, the chief cornerstone, we're talking about the plumb line, that chief cornerstone, all right? If it's not plumb with the cornerstone, it will be knocked down eventually. Jesus doesn't answer to your life, your life answers to Jesus. <laughs> so I don't just start building away and say, all right, now are you with me? Wait, where'd you go? You were built. The plumb line was pointing this way, right? That's where the cornerstone, so I need to build my foundation toward that way, in that direction. I don't get to build off at an angle, or it will be a very shaky day at best, all right? You seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things are added to you. We believe that God wants to give you an abundant life. We believe that God wants to give you abundance in health and, and, and finances and, and, and physical and, health and mental well-being. We believe all that stuff. But these are the things that are added to you when you plumb your life to Jesus Christ. It's got to be 100% Jesus. Okay. Let's move on. So that's, that's the first thing they're quoting. There's two references to this. The second one is out of Psalm 118, verse 22. And this one's fun, all right? And the, the, it puts it this way in the Living Bible. It says, The stone rejected by the builders has now become the capstone of the arch. Okay? So, in, in, in Isaiah, it says, it says the, the stone that the builder has rejected has become the panah, the cornerstone, and that's what it means. Okay? Here, in Psalm 118, we get an even deeper meaning of it. He says, the stone rejected by the builders has become the rosh panah, which means the chief capstone, the high top capstone, capping it all off. 
So we have chief capstone, we have Panah and we have Rosh Panah. Both are cornerstones. One goes on the foundation, one caps it all off. The Rosh Panah, the chief keystone. So in, in this, this is a very basic arch. But the arch is one of the strongest, strongest structures on, on earth in, in physics. Okay? And, and, and that keystone, you'll see it on all the, all the architecture. If you see an arch, and they, most of them, they make it really ornate, and they put like a lion's head on it, or my picture, or something like that, on that, on that where that black stone is. And that's it's because it's the keystone. All of these, the physics of all of these stones build up to this, and all of that falls into place here with the keystone, the chief cornerstone, the capstone. If I pull... All I have to do is pull that capstone and all those things come tumbling down. Jesus is saying this. I am the alpha, cornerstone, and I am the omega, the capstone. Your life must be built on a foundation, built all the way up to here, but if you don't put the capstone of Jesus in place, it's still going to fall apart. Here was the problem with, 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 the, with the, the folks that never accepted the Messiah. Okay? They had Moses, yes. They had David, woo. They had all these amazing people. And I read the Psalms, and I read, and I love the Scripture. But I want to tell you, at the end of the day, if I don't let Jesus be the capstone, Moses falls to the ground, David falls to the ground, everything in the Old Testament falls to the ground, and at, at the end of the day, you've got a pile of rubble. And I'm telling you, what that is called is religion without faith without relationship and you can work hard at it and you can toil at it and at the end of the day you're going to feel empty and, and what is this all about because Jesus was never the capstone to cap it all off but those who trust in him those who put Jesus in place will never be put to shame ever he is the chief cornerstone the chief capstone and everything and here's the deal if I'm building an arch, and, and, and let's, say, let's say I'm building this arch. My arch includes my, my, uh, my family. It includes my job. It includes my, my mental health. It includes my friends. It includes my community. I can, I can start taking these blocks. It's my Jenga tower. And I can just start, I can start plucking them one on top of another like this. Until I get a tower this big. But what I'm called to do is lean these things in towards the capstone. I need, if, I don't take, if I don't take my marriage as a thing of faith and allow Jesus in there, all I'm doing is piling a rock on top of another and I'm building nothing that will last. Something like this, you know how easy I can knock over a pile of blocks. But you, 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 can see, you can see ancient bridges still in place because the capstone was, was set properly. I have to put, okay, my marriage, it's all leaning in towards something, and we put Jesus there, and we lean against him. If Jesus were taken out of your life, your whole life should fall apart. That's how you, that's how you know you're a person of faith. Your whole life shouldn't fall apart if one block is taken away. You think, I, you think of a Jenga tower, right? I can, I, I can push all these little blocks out, whatever, but if, if I have 
my Jenga tower it needs to be built on my chief cornerstone, on Jesus Christ. So that Jesus is the only thing that will knock my tower over. That's faith. This is the foundation that you're called to build on. And you told me you were going to be honest with yourself and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And so my prayer has been, and not that the Lord would just get us, but that he would just point out in love any way in me, any area in my life that I'm, I am not submitted to the foundation. And I will allow him, okay, Lord, you can take that block away and fix it for me. And I give it to you to put toward in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. So Jesus, get this, so Jesus comes along. And, and he's speaking to the religious leaders, the big wigs of the day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the chief priests. He talks to them. And he tells them a story. Now these guys had built their whole lives on the cornerstone, so they thought. On the, on the Torah, on the, on the Pentateuch, on the Scripture, and the law, and we're going to make sure we get it all together. And Jesus comes along. Now remember, Jesus is the capstone, author and finisher. He was there at the beginning. The Word spoke life into everything. And he comes along and he speaks to these important people. And he tells them a story about a vineyard owner. He tells them this story. He says, there was a guy who, who, lent, who lent out his vineyard to some builders. And, and uh, he went to go receive, retrieve his rent. He sent a servant. They killed him. He sent another servant. They killed him. Finally, he sent his son. And he's telling the, this story to the leaders. And, and the son went, and they killed the son. And he asked them this question. And I just, you just got to love Jesus. He says, what, what do you think the owner will do to those, to those uh, vineyard runners? And they, they got upset. They, got, they, they, they were all hot and bothered. And they're like, oh, yeah. They will, he, will throw, he will kill those vineyard owners. He'll throw them out and he'll give the vineyard to somebody else. That's the right thing to do. I can just imagine the coy smile on Jesus' face as he says, haven't you read the scriptures? And then he quotes Psalm 118. The stone that the builders has, has rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And they knew exactly what he was saying. He said, listen, you built your life on all of these things, yet you reject me. And so the kingdom, your life, will be shattered and taken from you and given to people who will produce its fruit. And they immediately wanted to kill him. <laughs> he wasn't trying to get them to want to kill him. That wasn't his chief aim. But that was the result. And that's the result. And that's our heart posture towards Jesus. If he comes into our life and he's like, hey, you know what? Everything in your, you're doing well here, but you know, there's this roadblock in your life that I just would love to change because it's not leaned in toward me. Oh, that's not the Lord. That's a, that's a lion spirit. Whatever. Jesus isn't trying to stir you up and make you angry, but he will. He's trying to stir you up towards the kingdom of God and his righteousness because he can't add more to your tower until you've submitted the foundational work to him and say, Jesus, I trust you here and I trust you here and I trust you here. And you are my keystone. You are my keystone. He wants to build something amazing with your life. He really does. 
but he needs every part of your life to be submitted in faith to one name and one name only, Jesus Christ. There's salvation in no other name. Working hard is a good thing, but there's no salvation in it. Money, that's a fine thing, but there's no salvation in it. Sound advice from scholars, it's a good thing, but there's no salvation in it. The only salvation is in Jesus Christ and everything in our life. If you want to live the life that leads a legacy, must be submitted to Jesus Christ. My money, my marriage, my family, my job, my health, it all has to lean into the capstone. Be built on the cornerstone. And there's nothing, nothing, nothing that could possibly shake or destroy or knock you over if you are built on the capstone and the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen to that? Without Jesus, they're just rubble. They must lean in toward him. In a, in a moment here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite us to just respond to what the Lord's doing. If, if you've never put your faith in him for your whole life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do that. If there's a portion that he's speaking to you and, and, uh, and you just want to give it to him, I'm going to ask you to do that. But I, wanna, I want to take five minutes here and I want to talk about what we're going to do next week. Because we're going we're gonna to have a time of baptism next week. And baptism is supposed to be Christianity 101. But we complicate baptism and, and we, we make it a mystical thing that I have to wait till I, till I fully understand it to do it. Right? Well, I know my kid accepted Jesus at five years old, but I'm going to wait until they're a little older so they know what they're doing. That's, this isn't the biblical precedent. Baptism was literally the 101. You repent and be baptized. For the, why do we keep doing it as a church? It's not because We've thrown away all sorts of other traditions and ordinances of the church. Why do we do baptism? For some very important reasons. Number one, Jesus got baptized. If Jesus did it, it's a good idea to go for it. He got baptized pretty near right there where I got baptized, which makes me extra holy. Number two, in the Great Commission, Jesus told us specifically to do it. Go into all the world and preach the gospel uh, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Number three, the church kept on doing it. Right? Paul, that, that's when, when the people, 5,000 people got saved right there in, in the book of Acts, what did they do? They baptized them immediately. They didn't wait. Now you need to take a discipleship class and in three years, we'll go ahead and we'll seal the deal once, once you really get it. No, they say, repent and be baptized. Now, don't get me wrong. We believe and we know that when I come to Jesus and I confess his name, I'm saved. If I were to die right then, I'm in heaven. But what baptism is, this is the I'm, I'm, I'm going public with this. And going public with it was never meant to be a step down the road. It was supposed to be an immediate thing. I submit all of my foundation to Jesus to be baptized. The word baptized, I've said it time and again, is baptizo, and it means to dip. It's the pickle, right? When I stick the cucumber in, it changes. And it comes out, and it's, I'm not a cucumber anymore, I'm a pickle. 
So baptism is this public declaration saying, I am now a pickle. I'm not a cucumber anymore. And in, in, in every area of my life, it's not just a, you know, now I've got my fire insurance. I'm going to go to heaven. This is a, I trust him with my finances. I trust him with my, with my spouse. I trust him with my kids. I trust him with my health. I trust him with my life. If I die tomorrow, praise Jesus, I trust him. That's what baptism is. And we're going to celebrate that next week. And I would encourage you, we're gonna, we have a sign, we'll have a sign-up sheet in the back. You can sign up online. This is an opportunity for you to make public what has done, have, you've done in your heart. There, if, if, uh, and what I want you to do is if you're going to get baptized and you're going to sign up today, you spend this next week inviting everybody you know. I don't care if they believe or not. You just say this to them. You know, it'd be really, something special is happening in my life. I'm getting baptized. And I would love it if you would be there just to to be be a part of it, be a witness of it. And then you get to be up here in front of them and say, I believe in Jesus with all my heart. And, and, and maybe they don't accept Jesus right then, but you're planting seeds. You're changing, you're, you're, you're creating life in them. And so this is my, my Christianity 101 encouragement to you. Sign up for that. Don't, don't let this opportunity, sign your kids up. If they've never been baptized, don't wait anymore. This is your moment. And then invite your whole family. Invite your atheist uncle. Whoever you, you just get them here and say, I know you don't believe in any of this, but it would be really special if you'd come witness my kid getting baptized. It'd be really special. And when you're up here, I won't force you to say more than you want to. If you're just like scared to talk, I'll ask you, do you believe in Jesus? Have you given him your whole life? And you just say yes, and we will baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But if you want to give your testimony and then say, and Uncle so-and-so, no, you're not going to do that. Call him out in the middle of... But this is, this is life. This is truth. This is foundation. And I invite you to submit every part of your foundation to Jesus Christ. When we say repent, the word repent, oh, repent, repent, it means that I've changed my mind. The way I've lived my life in my finances, I repent. I changed my mind. I was wrong. I trust you, Jesus. The way I've acted towards my kids, I repent. I've changed my mind. I was wrong. I submit it in faith to you, Jesus. The way I've acted towards my job and my future, I I repent. And repentance is such a good thing because you're agreeing with the one who invented the full planet. (laughs) I was wrong. If you have a problem saying you were wrong, don't have a problem saying you're wrong to Jesus because he's he's right, all right? So if you just bow your heads and and, uh, I just want to pray this prayer over you. And if you're here today and if there's any area in your life that you want to submit to Jesus, maybe you've never accepted him and, and given full faith, but maybe it's just a portion of your life. I just want you to put your hands out in front of you as I pray. As a sign of confession, you're just saying, Jesus, I repent of my attitudes and my thoughts and my actions toward this area of my life. And as you do so, you're doing this in faith. And so I believe with all my heart that he is forgiven and transforming and rebuilding that foundation. If you want that foundational repair, put those hands out right now and I'll pray. Father, I thank you for, uh, for your Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth. Thank you that you're smarter than us and that we repent today of any area in our lives that we haven't submitted to you. I pray for those here today that have never accepted the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Lord, that today is their day as they put their hands forth in faith that you fill, it with, that you fill them with your, with your salvation and your spirit. 
Lord, those here today that are, are putting their hands out to trust you in an area of their life, they say they, they're repenting and you are quick to forgive. Your grace is sufficient. Your mercies are new every morning and you forgive and you repair. And Father, as a body of Christ together, as Welcome New Life, we lean in toward the chief capstone, the chief cornerstone. Father, and we invite you to shake any area in us that we've built that isn't part of your plan and, and leaning in faith because we are a people of faith. And everyone who agrees says amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit us at welcomenewlifeassembly.org.